Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sign up with my bookie and use our promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Get the Manscaped Performance Package at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use code GATORSBREAK20. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you after another loss. This is not the Gator Standard. These things are piling up. And now, should not be happening. Gators fall the four and three on the season, 49-42 defeat at the hands of LSU. A depleted, reeling, can't get it together. LSU team beats Florida once again. A lot of the same storylines as last year. LSU beats Florida again. And look, this is the start of the start of this stretch dates back to last year uh, and started with last year's LSU game. And right now continues with another loss to LSU, inexcusable loss for Dan Mullen and company here. Uh, but uh, we can we can keep bringing up, and I you know I said this yesterday on social media. We can we can keep bringing up that this team isn't focused, that they don't have the fire, doesn't have leadership, plays down the competition. Look, when you have to come up with that many excuses, how about we just say Florida's not that good, not as good as what we thought they were we got to keep coming up with this excuse, that excuse, and those keep piling up just like the losses do. Maybe Florida isn't as good as what we thought they were. I, I'm at fault for that. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're, they're just not as, uh, not as good as the teams I thought they were. Uh, and that's, that's proven so far. Three losses on the season uh, and the last two being self-inflicted, shoot-yourself-in-the-foot type of performances here from the Gators. So, Florida, you know, just not as good as what we want them to be what many of us expect them to be. And that's, uh, you know, quote unquote, not the Gator standard here, of course. So look, no matter what your prediction was for this team, and if you had them losing to LSU coming in, but did you really have them to lose into this type of LSU team? I think if you go back to preseason and if you pick Florida to lose versus LSU, credit to you, but this type of LSU team? I don't think anybody was picking that. Most people expected LSU to be a better team when they were picking Florida to go to Death Valley and lose. Not this type of LSU team. Things are fluid. Things can change. Florida should not have. Well, maybe after the fact, maybe they should have lost the game. But coming into the game, no. No way Florida should have lost that game. Uh, but you know, we, we've used so many terms to describe why Florida hasn't been playing at a consistent level this year. Uh, and we were shown versus LSU – that Florida just really might be an average at best team this year. Uh, so, and an average at best team in Dan Mullen's fourth season. Finding another way to lose a game, many thought you should win. Florida still had a chance. 
Florida still had a chance at the end, but Gators putting themselves in a spot that had no business being in, or maybe a spot they do deserve to be in after what we saw yesterday and getting their third loss of the season. Dan Mullen, highly regarded as a coach out there, highly regarded as a play caller, highly regarded as a developer. One in three versus Coach Orgeron in his time at Florida. One and three. That is unacceptable. Unacceptable. One and three versus Ed Orgeron. That just, uh, it should not compute. It should not add up, but it does. So we'll get into it all here on Gators Breakdown. We'll dive into LSU's running game, just dominating Todd Grantham's defense over and over with the same type of play, with the same style of play over and over. Can I say the word unacceptable again? Because I'm going to. Um, Anthony Richardson's announcement to the world that he should be starting quarterback moving forward. Um, And where does Florida go from here uh, with the bye week coming up? All that stuff we'll get into here on this episode of Gators Breakdown, mainly focusing on yesterday's game. we got plenty of time. You know, Will Miles and I will be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll look at some more big picture stuff. Of course, we'll take another look at this game, this Sunday review show. We'll be- look, take a look back at the game, what went wrong for the Gators on this one, uh, what went right in some ways, too, with Anthony Richardson coming in and you know pulling the Gators back uh, in-, in this game. But for the most part, looking at this game, how and what happened to Florida to get beat by LSU once again, and this time 49-42 to, to a another average, I'll say average at best for Florida, and average at best LSU team uh, as well. So uh, you heard the Gators Breakdown Plus promo before the show. If you want even more, had a post-game show yesterday with a lot of uh, Gators Breakdown Plus members chatting back and forth about the disappointing loss. If you want even more, <laughs> I know it's hard to listen to stuff after uh, losses and stuff, but Sometimes misery brings company, and we can have some, once again, a group therapy session. It's like a couple weeks ago uh, versus Kentucky. As I said, these losses are piling up now. And uh, so hopefully it doesn't become too much commonplace. But if you want even more uh, discussion, you want to see how some of your fellow fans feel, there's even more Gator content at Gators Breakdown Plus. All right, so let's get into it. We'll start with the bad and the reason, pretty much the main reason. Now, there's four turnovers on the Florida offense as well. We'll get into that. But the main reason Florida lost this game, Florida's defense, Todd Grantham's defense, and not being able to stop an LSU rushing attack that had not been showing life all season long. LSU's offense was averaging 29.7 points coming into this game. They scored 20 more than that. Now, honestly, you go back, of course, they get the uh, pick six as well, so that plays into it. So the, their offense, 42, 42 points this game versus Todd Grantham's defense. Um, you know, 380 yards pretty much coming into this game. They were averaging 83-yard rushing coming into this game. 83. Junior Ty Davis-Price, who goes crazy versus Florida, he was coming off his best game as a Tiger. He had 147 yards last week versus Kentucky, two touchdowns versus Kentucky. He averaged 6.7 yards versus Kentucky. So, okay, well, that should have at least pinged. Okay, maybe they're doing – trying to get something going in the run game a little bit. No, nah, it didn't matter. You know, no preparation there from Todd Grantham once again. Um, so, coming into the game, he had 288 yards and two touchdowns through six games. And then game seven happened. Versus Florida. And Florida happened. None of it really mattered. None of those stats mattered at all. Price Davis ran all over Todd Grantham's defense. 36 carries. 287 yards. Three touchdowns. Eight-yard average. He averaged 4.3 yards a carry coming into the game versus Florida. And he almost doubled it. Almost doubled it. This is the most yards a single running back has ever gained on the University of Florida. It was held by Herschel Walker. You put Davis Price on a pedestal even with Herschel Walker, or better than Herschel Walker. Really? That's what we were getting from a fourth-year defensive coordinator, or a fourth-year at Florida defensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator who's been around. We know the history of Todd Grantham. Most of us wanted to go after 2020. You let a running back who couldn't do anything 
hardly anything coming into this game. And he gets more yards on you than Herschel Walker, one of the, if not the best, college football running backs ever. And you let Davis Price, Tyrion Davis Price, come and run up and down on you for 287 yards on 36 carries. Fireball offense right there. But we know. We, we, we see what happens there. Okay. Most yards ever gained by a single running back on the ground. Remember, they averaged 83 yards on the ground coming into this game. Didn't matter. Averaged 29 points on the season. Didn't matter. They scored 42 points on offense. And you had to pick six in there for 49. Hardly any adjustments at all for this Todd Grantham defense. Hardly at all. And if you did make them, they didn't work. Listen to these quotes from Mamou Diabate after the game. He was asked about the defensive scheme that he plays in under Todd Grantham. Quote, I mean, we made the adjustments we were given to make. I'm confident in my teammates and my teammates' ability to play hard and be where they're supposed to be. I'm confident in my teammates. Then he was asked if they could do any, if they could have done anything different. Quote, honestly, I don't know. That's not my decision to make, Diabate said. I don't look into those things. I'm like a soldier. When the general tells me where to shoot, I shoot. I don't really ask too many questions. Seems like some calculated responses. And not really a glowing endorsement of defense coordinator Todd Grantham. No, no, no glowing review of the scheme, basically saying we did what we were told. I believe in my teammates. Never once did he say he believed in the scheme when asked about the scheme. And then Mullen also had this to say on LSU's ground attack. They were doing a couple of different things, Mullen said. They ran a couple of different schemes. They were running some inserts, zone plays there. Uh, they were running some counter, running some one-back power. But we've got to evaluate that. We've got to get better. We've got to get better up front. We'll look at the scheme part. We've got to look at the personnel and get better. And he's right. They need to look at both. But this is just another example. Todd Grantham can't put his players in position to get the job done. This is not a good LSU offense or good LSU running attack. They look like world beaters versus Florida. They did what Florida was supposed to do in this game with their running attack. If Florida had gotten those yards that we just discussed a, a couple minutes ago, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been surprised. That's what Florida was supposed to come in this game and do versus an LSU defense that couldn't stop the run, and we'll get into that, of course. But everything LSU did in this game was what Florida was supposed to do in this game. But once again, you don't show up and play. Or maybe you did show up and play, and once again, you're just not that good. So that's what we're looking at right now. A team that's four and three and staring four and four right in the face. And once again, because this time, because of the defense, and I think we can go through 21 points versus Alabama, put you in a hole, you lose that game. I'm, you can put it on both sides a little bit, but I still put that game on mostly defense. What did that say about Todd Grantham coming in this season? I'm judging you on what you do. I don't care what you do versus FAU, USF, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri. I don't care. What do you do versus Alabama? What do you do versus LSU? What do you do versus Georgia? And you have failed twice. Have we seen this defense make some improvements? Sure. But for me, this game is – this season was all what you do in those games I just pointed to. Bama, LSU, and Georgia. 21 points versus Bama. You got a good second quarter. Then you weren't able to get meaningful stops in the second half. Defense just – there's no clutch to this defense whatsoever. No, once again. None. Then you hold Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt to low point totals. But we know there was plenty to point to in those offenses, drop passes. Uh, they were converting third down, staying on the field, uh, missed field goals uh, to a point that we, it was considered nitpicking when we were, oh, you know, you know there's uh, some people out there, you're just nitpicking. You're trying to just look for things this defense doesn't do well. No, no, we were looking for things this defense needed to do better for situations like what came up Saturday. We knew there were some warts while showing good at the same time. And then look at this LSU game. Now I know we mostly pointed to LSU preseason because most of us thought they'd be a better team than last season. 
but they're they're not. So you can ju- adjust expectations a little bit. You can be fluid a little bit. Um, after, but but after last season, you know what you saw LSU do. You still needed to see a Todd Grantham defense play against an offense that has some talent. And that's why I kept pointing to LSU. You know, to ha- has some talent, and they were missing some players, <laughs> missing their best wide receiver. So you could best bet they were maybe trying to even focus on the run game a little bit more because of that. But no, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. He didn't prepare for it whatsoever. Uh, and I'm tired of the Mullins excuse. Oh, they did some things we hadn't seen before. But that's when that's when coaching comes into play. That's when adjusting comes into play. And whether you made adjustments or you didn't make adjustments, if you made adjustments, you made the wrong adjustments. That's terrible coaching. That's bad coaching. Whatever you did coming into the game once again didn't show up. Yeah, but okay. Stop LSU's offense you, for, for some momentum of the season. You you needed to 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 stop a, a talented offense, an, an offense that ate you alive last year with Max Johnson. It didn't matter. For a man handled by LSU in the trenches all day long, front seven couldn't get in the backfield for Florida. Random defensive ends running themselves, or you know, outside Bucks guy Cox mainly running themselves out of the play. Couldn't shed blocks and trading secondary players. You know, couldn't make a tackle uh, there. Now, some, you know, granted, uh, offensive linemen shouldn't be getting to them, but trading's in the box way too much. No adjustments whatsoever there. Florida playing six guys in the box, knowing LSU is going to run, keeping five defensive backs on the field. Couldn't get a third linebacker on the field. I mentioned last week how it was great to see Hopper, Moon, and Diabate on the field at the same time. And don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. Because Florida was just getting manhandled anyway, but you got to try it. To me, you got to try it after what we saw. Two Florida players had a tackle for loss. Two. Only two. Zach Carter with a half tackle. Tyron Hopper with one and a half. They combined there for two tackles for loss. That's it. That's it. Dexter, Valentino, Newkirk, Truesdale, Zach Carter, no consistency. Getting ate up alive by, once again, the LSU run game that could not run the ball whatsoever all season long you got owned how and how bad did you get owned here we go davis price lsu's running back explosive plays for him gains of 10 12 18 yard touchdown 10 yards 40 yard touchdown 21 yard gain 25 yard touchdown 13 yard gain 18 yard gain 20 yard gain 10 yard gain 11 explosive runs for 197 yards of his 287. 11. 11 explosive runs of 10 yards or more. So how bad was this performance for the skaters' defense? Once again, once again, for what LSU's done the rest of the season? Here's LSU's point total scoring so far this season. 27 points versus UCLA. 34 versus Big Nice, 49 versus Central Michigan. Mississippi State, they scored 28 points. Versus Auburn, they scored 19 points. Versus Kentucky, they scored 21 points. 49 points total, 42 for the LSU offense versus Florida. LSU was averaging 22.6 points per game in the last three games coming in against those SEC teams, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Kentucky. 22.6 22.6 points per game, 49 points yesterday. The most I have ever scored on Florida in 68 matchups. Their highest point total ever. So we can sit here and say, okay, yeah, but defense looks better here, looks better there. Didn't matter. Didn't matter whatsoever. LSU entered the game ranked 127th nationally in rushing. Fourth worst in the country. 42 offensive points on Todd Grantham's defense. Inexcusable. Inexcusable that Todd Grantham was around for this to happen again. You know, you guys know I'm pretty conservative on the fire, fire coaches train, but I was all aboard after 2020. Get him out of here. Matt Johnson, LSU's quarterback, only needed to pass the ball six times in the second half and pass for 133 yards the entire game because the run game was that good. Missing their best wide receiver? Oh, it don't matter. Just line up and run it. Line up and run it down Florida's throat. You know? Don't get me wrong. Uh, a much improved Gervon Dexter this year? Non-factor. 
New, new transfer defensive tackles, non-factor. Didn't matter. You know, doesn't really sound like there's much confidence in Grantham and his scheme from players. If Mamu Diabate, yeah, I don't think we're reading too much into those comments. That's, I think that's exactly what he meant. And I hate trying to read into comments, but I think that's exactly what happened here. I don't think there's any confidence in this scheme whatsoever from, from the players. Because you, you, you see it over and over again, your defensive coordinator putting you in bad positions. Are there times when guys are in position and should make tackles and all that? Absolutely. But when is this consistent over and over and over again? That's on the coaches. Don't give me, oh, this is up to the players to tackle. It is. It is. But once it happens over and over and over again, it, it, it falls back on coaching. You either teach them to tackle better. You adjust to your, your scheme to, to have more guys in position. Nope. Doesn't happen. Even more obvious now. It was look. It was obvious last season. Even more obvious now. Todd Grantham no longer needs to be defensive coordinator at Florida. Now, when 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 a move is made, who knows? I last year of his contract. If you get rid of him right now, Sunday Monday, then you probably owe him some money. I don't care. You know, money shouldn't be an option here. But you can see Florida just say, ah, you know, he's going to be gone anyway. We're not renewing his contract. Let's just save the money, and we'll just let him walk away at the end of the season. Who knows? Who knows what would happened? But Todd Grantham, he, he won't be defensive coordinator of Florida next year. I mean, that's to me. I mean, I think we can at least say that. I'll, I'll say that with some confidence. Hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. I do not see Todd Grantham being dude. So this is be the last year to me. But, I mean, so, okay, we'll, we have to watch this for six more games. Uh, what, five more games? Go ahead and sit here and trot and – Couple weeks in Jacksonville and get run down again. We're gonna to have to sit there and, and watch that again. Who knows? We'll see. You know, hopefully y'all, hopefully, hopefully, can pull it together and, and do something in a couple of weeks. But yeah, not a lot of confidence there. Not a lot of confidence in this uh, Todd Grantham defense moving forward. A lot of told you so's out there, huh? It was always about what you do in those bigger games. You know, Todd Grantham was always able to take advantage of. I mean, he struggled. I mean, don't get me wrong, he struggled versus Vanderbilt and stuff last year, but for the most part, been able to take care of uh, the lower tier, the lower offenses on the uh, schedule. Kind of rack up his stats in those. Fashion, but no, it was always, always about. Go listen to a lot of preseason stuff. Always for me, what you do versus Bama, LSU, and Georgia. Like I said, I expected LSU to be better, but still, after last year, it was still, it was still whatever you did versus LSU. Over two so far in that, and probably going to be zero and three in a couple weeks. I had to take a sip of coffee right there. Up late, taking notes, stuff ready for this podcast. Up early, getting it done. But there we go. I mean, pitiful, pitiful performance there on defense. The main reason Florida lost to LSU again. Uh, big old sigh, big old sigh right there. I, 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 hate, I hate having to say the word again because that's uh, that's the trend. That is that, that's the trend right now. All right, but we can we can we can turn around get a little bit of good news, a little bit of good news that came out of this. Florida's found their next quarterback. Florida's found their future quarterback. Florida's found the quarterback to ride with the rest of the season. We'll get into it, of course, here. Anthony Richardson should be starting quarterback for the Gators. But before we get there, when it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, and that's why I always bet with my bookie. At my bookie, you can bet on all your favorite sports with exclusive promotions, contests, and more to find your winning bet. Right now, when you make your first deposit with my bookie, you'll instantly receive double your first deposit. It's easy. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, sign up, and use my promo code GATERS, and my bookie will double your first deposit instantly up to $1,000. How's that for fast money? Use your extra funds to bet on this week's biggest games. Still plenty of time to get in on the Sunday night game between Seattle and Pittsburgh and Monday night's game between the Bills and Titans. Or if you want to go ahead and look ahead the next week, the battle between the Chiefs and the Titans, 
where another high-flying attack takes on Smash Mouth football. This promotion is only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Head to mybookie.ag, use promo code GATERS, and secure your double deposit bonus today. That's promo code GATERS, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. It's football season. You know what that means. It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time for you to join two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code GATORSBREAK20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth-generation waterproof trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, turn that LED spotlight on when needed for a more precise shave. Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer is the best I have ever tried and pretty much the only one out there that actually works. After trimming your football, show them some love with the Manscaped liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are here to make and take your ball game to the next level. Manscaped even throws in two free gifts in their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get all that 20% off plus free shipping with code GATORSBREAK20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping when using the code GATORSBREAK20 at manscaped.com. All right, storyline offense, of course, Anthony Richardson coming in, taking over at quarterback. But why? Why did he, why did he have to a little bit? Well, first, you know, I think we wanted to see it. Then, uh, Explosive, smoother, better. But w- w- why did it get to that point? Part of the reason, Florida's lowest rushing output of the season versus a terrible run defense. Florida, 138 yards, 3.9 yard average. Came against an LSU defense that was giving up 5.6 yards a carry coming into the game. Florida averaged almost two yards less than that. LSU's defense was giving up 154 rushing yards a game. Florida only gained 138. This run game we've talked so much about this year, only 138 yards. First time this season the Gators' run game didn't average at least four yards a carry. Also the first time this season at least one running back didn't at least average six yards per carry. You know, Florida's been able to help Emory Jones this year, this season, with a run game that's, that's helped him manage the game, but Florida couldn't run the ball. So it was more on Emory Jones' passing arm, passing game. Nope. He didn't have that run game to lean on from the running backs nor himself. Now I think Florida run, did abandon the run a little too soon. Went away from it mainly with Damian Pierce. Uh, I, I think he should have been getting more carries there. No run game. Eventually became too much for Emory Jones. Not a good enough passer to carry the offense. Fortunate to get the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. But most of the issues we saw from Emory was what we've seen all season, what we heard coming into the season. Lack of timing, lack of anticipation, mechanics, turning the ball over way too much, ending with a pick six on the first drive of the second half. Emory Jones has been given every opportunity to take this job and run with it. Just hasn't happened. Credit, sticking around, program. You know, some sense of loyalty, I'm sure, there from Dan Mullen, but I mean, a quarterback in year four, I was a little patient. Maybe it just starts clicking at some point. It, it, it's not. Um, as I said, if the run game's going, I think Henry Jones can do some good things. If the run game's not going, pretty limited in that regard. So it was time. We saw the coming out party for Anthony Richardson. It's just different. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I don't think we have to go too detailed there, I think. Everybody just knows you can feel it. It's just different. It was on full display. Yes, Richardson went three and three and out in this first series when all running plays were called, threw an interception his next time in the game. 
much like the one last week where you just has to learn, just learn the game management skills. Learn sometimes the sack is okay. That'll come. That'll come with the experience. Also ended the game with another interception, trying to make a play with pressure in his face. He'll learn. He'll learn. He'll grow from it. Uh, but for, Florida wouldn't even been in the game without Anthony Richardson. Comes in down 28-13 after the Emory, Emory's pick six. Goes on to lead Florida to four straight touchdown drives before the last interception. Tying the game twice, once at 35, once at 42 all. Of course, defense couldn't give him any help in that stretch. Richardson has to deliver, forced to deliver because of a defense that couldn't give him any help. And he did up until that last drive. Put Florida back in the game. Those four straight touchdown drives consisted of eight plays, 75 yards. Six plays, 75 yards. Six plays, 65 yards. And a 13-play, 75-yard drive. All touchdowns. Came in 0-1. You know, coming in, he came into that drive 0-1 with that interception. Then went on to miss his first two passes once taken over. And then went on a tear. Completed eight of his next nine. 10 of his next 14. Three touchdowns. Finished the day 10 of 19. 167 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And it was a clear transition to how the offense played under Richardson. Eight of his completions went for a first down or a touchdown. Passes looked more in sync. Offense looked more in sync. Defenders were worried about his legs. He made them pay with passes right over their heads, right over the defenders. Made some plays where plays were not even there to be made, especially on that two-point conversion. That play call wasn't there until it was. Anthony Richardson makes that heck of a run and gets a two-point conversion. But he looked, he looked so comfortable back there. The accuracy was there. Just looked like he belonged back there. Offense flowed. It worked. The other, the other 10 players on offense deserve to play with the better quarterback. The entire team does, for that matter. Certainly looks like Anthony Richardson's that guy. And we've all been clamoring for it, been asking for it, at least to get him on the field more. And you, you see with – putting him out there, giving him some consistency, leaving him out there. Yeah, he has limitations. That's going to come with a young quarterback. Has some turf, has, he's had some tough learning moments. But Florida's not even in this game without him. It's, it, it's time to hand the reins over. It's time to pass the torch. Gators already have three losses on the season. He's the future. He's the future. You ride or die with Anthony Richardson. Let him learn the good and the bad from here on out. But it's clear he should be the quarterback, starting quarterback moving forward. I mean, there's there, there's no question about it anymore. You know, not, and look, whatever Dan Mullen said post-game about, yeah, we evaluate, of course, we're expecting to say that after a game. That's just his MO. We know it by now, but there's no way he can go back to Emory Jones starting quarterback right now. You, you just can't. There's, there, there's no selling point for that right now. If the offense is going to be limited either way, you know, for whether it be turnovers, whether it be Emory knowing the playbook, more of the playbook, AR not knowing so much of the playbook, it doesn't matter. If the offense is going to be limited in Dan Mullen's mind either way, go with the guy that gives you the potential. We saw that potential. Go with the guy that can at least, you know, good and bad. Uh, as I said, the interception still happened, but you're not in the game without him. At least he's moving the offense, getting you back in game, scoring points, scoring touchdowns, putting touchdowns on the board. That's exactly what happened. That's why he needs to be starting from here on out. Now, what does that mean for him? Does he still get sprinkled in? Does he still get playing time? I don't know. I don't know. But I know he should be starting. And if it's me, I, for, for, for right now, I mean, credit to Emory, sticking around. I'm glad you did. But that quarterback rotation this year just has not worked. You know, the last couple of weeks, AR comes in. It's just, it's, it's been clunky. You give him those four drives in a row, and now he did have to come off. Credit to Emory Jones for coming in and a big, what, third and 13 conversion. Big credit to Emory Jones right there. I'm not going to overlook that. That drive continues because of Emory Jones. But, and so, but, you know, this, the, the, the planned insertion, of the quarterback, it's not working. It's just it's throwing the offense off. And now, granted, I think the offense will be pretty limited again yesterday, anyway. But I'm looking at it now more from the Anthony Richardson side, 
you know, that it, it didn't help him coming in, handing the ball off three times in a row, and then maybe feeling like he has to make a play on his first completion and gets interception or his first attempt and gets intercepted. You know, then I think when he got those drives, he settled down I and mean, making kind of putting in his mind, I don't have to make the one play now. I, I get limited opportunities. I'm going to go young guy. He still needs to learn that part of it. Like I said, the game management part of it, but probably going out there and feeling like he had to make a play because he's the limited opportunities. And I think once he got drive after drive after drive, it settled him down. He knows he doesn't have to make everything in one play. Saw him make some great reads. Saw him look off defenders, look, scan the field, knowing where to go when he has to look right, but he knows his place to his left. I mean – just things, the comfortability, the mechanic, everything we saw about Anthony Richardson just looked better, more comfortable. And it doesn't matter if he doesn't know as many. Look, and, and to me, it looked like Florida went pretty deep into the playbook there. I mean, there's some of those plays that reverse to Copeland, um, the that the the pass to Copeland where I'm saying he basically looked right the whole time. Copeland looking like he's going to block the whole time, and then he kind of sneaks out. Richardson knew exactly where he was going to be. That's a play we haven't necessarily seen all season. So you can sit here and say, all right, so it might be a package of plays for Anthony Richardson, but right now this package of plays seem to be working, and we'll see if teams catch up to it and or if that's actually the truth. But it looks like Florida went pretty deep into the playbook with some plays we haven't necessarily seen so far this year with Anthony Richardson being on the field, not Amory Jones. It's limited. Limited. So it's going to be limited either way. Go with the young quarterback, go with the playmaker. And to me, I think limited means, I guess, what play calling maybe in them in, in the way I think Dan Mullen probably sees it. But confident decision making. I mean, it just he just looked comfortable. I know where I'm going with the ball. I can I, you know, the, the the slant made a return, <laughs> a completed slant. I mean, it just it was it was just better. It was just better. Not the easiest way to put it. I mean, you guys saw it. I'm not breaking any news there. You you, you saw it. You, you saw it with your own eyes as well. Smoother, better, comfortable, whatever, however you want to describe it. You can describe it. It worked. So as I you know, mentioned, beginning of this episode a bit, we'll take a look at some final stats here before I sign off on this episode. But big one again, I mean, this is this is a – Team loss in some ways um, because of the next stat. 2020, Florida LSU. Florida, three turnovers, LSU, none. 2021, Florida, four turnovers, LSU, none. The last two matchups against an LSU team you're supposedly better than, you've given them seven turnovers and have created zero. Now, that's been... A criticism I've had of this Todd Grantham defense big time, there's just no turnovers, no turnovers in big games, no turnovers versus the the better teams on the schedule. And that, here you go, raises up again. Any, any Anytime the, the talent level is close, it doesn't matter. Todd Grantham can't get anything done, can't help the offense. How many times was LSU set up in, in, in short field, in, in short, uh, short drives situations for their offense because of those created turnovers? Nope, Florida had to drive the ball. Every time for scores, besides the Hail Mary. No help. Team loss, of course. You can't turn the ball over seven times either. But, you know, turnover margin comes into play, and your defense uh, should be able to create some turnovers as well. Not happening. All right, so final stat look here. Let me look. Florida scored 42 points. Based on that, you know, based on the way this season was playing out, you sit here and say, that should have been enough. This um, this LSU team struggling coming in the game. Florida's going – if anybody would have told you Florida scores 42 points, you're like, okay, good performance on the road, good performance at Death Valley. We'll have some little bit of momentum going into the bye week in the Georgia game. Ah, nope, doesn't matter. 42 wasted points. Well, no, don't get me wrong. Not wasted. We, we got to see Richardson and him be able to, 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 to lead that charge and, and get back in the game. So, yeah, no, don't, let me, don't let me take it too far. Not wasted, but you, you get my point when I say wasted because 42 points should have been enough for a win. 
Uh, I see y'all in the chat about Kiffin retweeting AR-15, blah, blah, blah. Richardson's not going anywhere. He's not. All right. Let's go. Final stats here a bit. Total yards, 488 for Florida, 454 for LSU. 350 passing yards for Florida, 133 for LSU. As I mentioned earlier, rushing yards, Florida 138, LSU 321. You would have thought those would have been reversed. As I said, that was the storyline of the game coming in. Florida can run the ball, LSU can't. LSU can't stop the run, Florida can run the ball. Nope. College football is weird sometimes. Penalties. Two weeks ago, Florida 15 penalties, eight false starts. This week on the road in Baton Rouge, no penalties. None. Not one. Didn't even matter. Turned the ball over four times. LSU had five penalties, 45 yards. Average yards per play, LSU 6.6, Florida 6.5. Average yards per completion, of course, helped by the Hail Mary just a bit, but also helped by Anthony Richardson. 15.2 yards per completion for Florida, 9.5 for LSU. Average yard per rush, 7.1 for LSU, 3.9 for Florida. Florida 4 for 4 in the red zone, LSU 3 for 3. LSU is still perfect in the red zone this season. Florida's four turnovers gave LSU 21 points off of turnovers. Florida had one sack. LSU had 20 or 20. LSU had two. Both teams had 20 sacks coming into the season, second in the SEC. Florida only added one. LSU only added two. As you look at some of your stats, passing one more time, Anthony Richardson, 10 of 19, 167 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Emory Jones, 12 of 19, 161 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Trent Whittemore had to pass back to Emory Jones. And, uh, man, stinks to see him go down. He was in street clothes. I know if you look at the, the broadcast, too, you saw him hobbling, needing help. Uh, to the locker room as the team was going to the locker room in street clothes in the second half. Did not look like a good injury there for Trent Whittemore. Look at the rushing stats for Florida. Anthony Richardson, seven attempts, 37 yards. He averaged 5.3 yards a carry, had a long of 25. And here, I mean, this was, the you know, like I said, a little bit of a difference here. Naquan Wright, eight attempts, 34 yards, only 4.3 yards a carry. I mean, that's not bad, but I'm just saying comparing to where Florida was this year, mm. Nowhere near what Florida was getting. Uh, Damian Pierce, five attempts, 24 yards, 4.8 yards a carry. I mean, we got it. It is at the point now, as I said earlier this season, will it ever get to a point where Florida just leans on one running back? It needs to be. I mean, it needs to be right now. We saw the two running backs set a bit, too, uh, with um, in, in the game. Maybe we'll see some more of that. Um, we need to see more of that. Jacob Copeland, one carry, 19 yards on that little reverse. That's what I'm saying. And here's the here was the big thing about the run game and really kind of hurting Emory Jones. It gets him more comfortable into the game. Couldn't do anything. 10 attempts, 16 yards rushing. So, of course, sacks play into that as well. Uh, but 1.6. But you, you, you factor in sacks a little bit because, you know, you're supposed to be a, a, a mobile athletic quarterback that can get away from the sacks. Um holding on to the ball too long, not taking off and running when he should. Uh, that, that that contributes here to Emory Jones' overall rushing yards. And he didn't do himself any favors, as I said, holding on to the ball too long, no anticipation, can't throw guys open, so he holds the ball too long, takes a sack. I mean, is what it is there. Malik Davis comes back after missing last week, four attempts, eight yards, two yards of carry. So that Florida run game, I've lauded, of course, Rightfully so, earlier this season, the the improvement we saw there up front, and you know these offensive linemen and, and John Hevesy coaching those guys. You heard me earlier; it's just not there now. It, that that teams have been able to key in on it. Teams have been able to focus on it. Um, the Kentucky, Kentucky last week versus LSU. LSU knew Kentucky was going to run the ball. They stacked the box. They still got over three hundred yards passing. So I know people. We'll sit here and say, oh, well, you run into numbers and you run into a stacked box. It doesn't matter. If you're a good running team and can get to the second level consistently and you can outpower and you can out-physical your opponent, you still get your rushing yards. Go look at what Kentucky did versus LSU last week. Doesn't matter for this. You know, Florida 
nowhere near the rush performance that we saw earlier in the season. Uh, Florida receiving yards, of course, Justin Shorter, good game for him. Six, six, uh, six catches, 113 yards, catches that Hail Mary, two touchdowns on the game. Uh, there, good, um, good showing from him, his best performance so far this year. Kamori Gamble tied in, getting back involved in the offense, four yard, four catches, 64 yards. Uh, Damian Pierce with some catches too this game. Um, had the one touchdown catch. Jacob Copeland with another touchdown catch. Uh, so far, a beautiful laser throw there from AR. Um, some man, pretty passes from AR there to Pierce and Copeland there for touchdowns, of course. Uh, Rick Wells continues to be first down machine. Every time he catches the ball, it's a first down uh, there for him. Three catches, 32 yards for him um, this week. LSU side of things before we wrap it up. Max Johnson, 14 to 24, 133 yards. <sighs> Davis Price, LSU, rushing 36 attempts, 287 yards, three touchdowns, along a 40. Backup running back there for LSU as well. <clears throat> Josh Williams, two attempts, 28 yards. I mean, it didn't matter. He he was averaging 14 yards a carry on two carries. Uh, it didn't really matter who was the, the the running back there for most of the, most of it. But Davis Price there, of course, leading the way for that LSU that LSU attack here. Uh, let's go look at one more Florida's defense. Mamoudi Abate nine total tackles. Jeremiah Moon seven total tackles. Rashad Torrance with six. Hopper with six. Dean with five. Tavares Johnson with five. I mean, look, those numbers don't really mean a whole lot. We've seen, we, we saw all the missed tackles. We saw all the bad angles. We saw all the getting ate up. And now don't get me wrong, you know, offensive. If, all, if an offensive lineman gets to a defensive back, it's it's over uh, more, more, more likely than not. But you've got to see your front, your defensive front, shed blocks better, get in position better, not rush upfield, not get out of position, not fill a gap. You know, trading shouldn't be in the box as much. You know, once once that was determined, that was not going to work. Adjust, never adjusted uh, in, in that regard. So, there's you look at your um, there's you look at your uh, defensive leaders as far as tackling goes there for the Gators. <sighs> Four and three. Four and three. It's not, it's not right. Not right. Not right. All right. There we go. Let's take a look around the SCC before we get off here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. What happened in the SCC yesterday? Some pretty good games there. Auburn beats Arkansas. I mean, look, Auburn in year one under Brian Harson looking pretty good. Bo Nix has his best game. You know, Bo Nix is usually a pretty terrible quarterback on the road. Goes and puts up 38 points, Auburn does, on a pretty good Arkansas defense. Auburn trending in the right direction right now in first-year coach under Brian, Brian Harson. There we go. Florida 49-42 defeat at the hands of LSU. Texas A&M keeps on, keeping on. After beating Alabama last week, puts it on Missouri 35-14. Game of the week in the SEC, undefeated Kentucky versus undefeated Georgia. Never really in doubt for Georgia. 30-13, to 13, Kentucky puts a late touchdown on the board uh, to make that game closer than it even was. 30-13, Georgia, number one team in the country. Florida's next opponent, of course, in a couple weeks in Jacksonville. Looking like and deserving that number one ranking there for the Bulldogs. Setson Bennett still getting play at quarterback. Uh, Georgia ground game still uh, cook cook more about involved yesterday uh, watching that game. Georgia 30-13 victory over Kentucky. Gives Kentucky their first loss of the season, and Georgia pretty much in control right now of the SEC East. South Carolina beats Vanderbilt 21 to 20. Late touchdown score there gets the win for South Carolina. Bama responds after their loss to Texas A&M last week, 49-9 victory over Mississippi State. The game was over with pretty quick. And then the nightcap, a game that went well over, starting at 7.30, I believe, went well over midnight. Ole Miss beats Tennessee, 31-26. I thought that would be a fun, exciting game. It absolutely was. 
and absolutely embarrassing for the Tennessee fan base, the fans that were throwing stuff all over the field and hitting Lane Kiffin with a golf ball and and delaying the game for a whole, I think it was like 15, 20 minutes as yeah, they tried to get that under control there. But Ole Miss, Matt Corral goes on, goes to Rocky Top. Lane, Tiffin, Lane Kiffin returns to Rocky Top and gets a 31-26 victory over Tennessee. Hendon Hooker get, got hurt late as Tennessee was driving. Uh, did not look like a good injury for him. Uh, but Tennessee goes down to Ole Miss, 31-26. All right. That'll do it. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. But, man, just oh, just one of those performances for Florida. Yeah, a month ago, two-point loss to Alabama. We, we, we thought this team – had a lot of potential. That's come crashing down the last few weeks. Florida sits four and three, heading into the bye week, staring at a likely four, fourth loss coming with the number one team coming to Jacksonville, Georgia on the horizon, that game in a couple of weeks. Dan Mullen's got a lot to sort out here during the bye week, week leading up to Georgia. Continued issues on defense and what should be an easy decision in switching starting quarterbacks and going against Anthony Richardson. Gator standards not being met right now, but figuring out those issues will go a long way in meeting that standard for Dan Mullen. We'll see what the rest of the season holds. We'll see what, what we'll see what it holds. But um, those are the two things, two topics right now for for Gator Nation and Dan Mullen figuring out and getting some goodwill, built some goodwill back up. It probably won't happen in a couple weeks. You know, we'll see. You go play the game versus Georgia. This college football season's been weird so far, but. Uh, not much you can point to to feel confident in that one when Georgia comes rolling in the Jacksonville number one team in the country, taking on the four and three Gators. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>